We're going to bring things now locally, and we're going to speak to Democratic State Representative Ann Williams from Chicago's North Side. Uh, the representative is the sponsor of the Clean Energy Jobs Act, which was uh, one of, I think, one of the major pieces of legislation that kind of was left hanging because of the abbreviated uh, session dealing with the response to uh, coronavirus and coming up with a budget. Representative, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. Uh, before we, we get to the uh, Clean Energy Jobs Act, uh, I want to talk to you about we've seen um, increased calls from uh, some of your colleagues in the General Assembly uh, wanting to consider reconvening uh, and, and I guess maybe seizing while the issue is hot and have a kind of a special session to take an overall look at uh, policing in the state of Illinois and the issues of uh, police and race. Uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, I've been talking with members of the Illinois uh, Legislative Black Caucus over the past several days, as have many of my colleagues. We're really looking to the Black Caucus for guidance and direction as to what steps we need to take next um, to deal with the situation, to address broader racial inequities. And and I think that remains to be seen exactly how uh, we'll uh, approach it. I'm going to see kind of what the consensus is from my colleagues, but I'm definitely open to doing whatever we need to do to address not just the uh, immediate issues dealing with criminal justice reform, but, um, you know, some of the other very, very compelling issues that uh, have really disenfranchised um, many of the communities in Illinois, um, particularly communities of color. Well, and it it seems like um, maybe if there's a plan, there's a reason to meet, and and the plan is the everything is a discussion now, and and everything is kind of fluid. Absolutely, the Black Caucus is going around the state, um, hosting conversations. They were in Rockford this week. Some of us went to stand in support. Um, they'll be in Peoria. They were in the city of Chicago the other day. So they're really out there uh, talking to communities, hearing from. Um, you know, constituents as to what the best way to proceed is. And I think a plan is in the works and, and conversations are happening. And I think that's the appropriate response at this time to this very, very critical issue that so many people are concerned about. Well, and you, you as you said, there, there's the larger issue, too, of just kind of that economic inequality in those neighborhoods uh, that, you know, I mean, look at all the work that went into the uh, the Cannabis Act of, of trying to do some kind of restorative justice there through opportunity. Uh, but then the pandemic kind of hits and, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of takes away all of that effort. And who knows what's left after a rebuild of, of that. And then, of course, you have all of these uh, businesses in impoverished neighborhoods that were, uh, subjected to looting and arson and a question about whether those buildings are going to come back. And, and there's plenty of calls for some kind of community investment uh, initiatives to be able to help those business, small business owners uh, rebuild and get back on their feet. You're exactly right. I mean, we're really talking about decades of chronic disinvestment in these communities. Um, it, the issue has just been amplified and uh, illuminated 
um, with the COVID crisis, and now uh, it's even heightened. So I think all these need to be considered and looked at uh, in, in tandem. It really is foundational what we're dealing with, and, and there's a number of issues that need to be taken care of. And I'm confident that we're going to be making some forward progress um, and continue the work that many of my colleagues in the Black Caucus have already started with regard to criminal justice reform, et cetera. But we really look, uh, need to look at the communities and determine, you know, where can we provide renewal and um, restoration? And that's where the Clean Energy Jobs Act come in, comes in. <laughs> We're going to get there. We're going to get there, but just, 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 just one more thing. And and we're, we're we're on this topic. I mean, we're seeing uh, calls from uh, more a lot of progressive, some progressives, uh, saying you know defund the police. And we've got the Minneapolis, apparently the city council in Minneapolis, uh, a veto proof majority, saying that they're going to basically. Uh, kind of deprogram the police uh whatever that means but it seems like you know maybe there is a a kind of examination that needs to be made about referring some resources maybe that go to police and having them transferred over to social services that deal with mental health and addiction and those kind of problems which as we've seen in the crumbling of the safety net in this state uh it's fallen on first responders who were not trained to deal with these kinds of problems and you know not good outcomes happen i think you're right on clearly we need to take a, a hard look at how we're using our resources for law enforcement and if they're being uh, used in the, the best way possible for the communities most in need. It certainly seems like there's some dysfunction that needs to be addressed. Um, that's an understatement. I actually just returned from a very peaceful gathering in uh, Wells Park this afternoon in support of Black Lives Matter. It was organized by Indivisible Lincoln Square um, and then came home to get on the show and the the gathering kind of marched down Lincoln Avenue right through my district. So I I saw a lot of that message today, and it's clear that people want to have a conversation, but they also want action. Yeah, I think think the conversations, we know what the conversation is. Uh, And and yeah, we do need conversation to come together, I guess, to figure out what a a plan might be. Uh, But conversation you know that's it's such a sometimes an empty phrase yeah no i hear you and i I really think that there's just a a change in kind of um uh, the intensity and uh, the urgency of the the dialogue that's happening now which is really positive and good to see um again my black caucus colleagues have uh, been working nonstop. Um, talking to community members, being out in the community, reaching out to their colleagues in the GA, um, just to start to get support, even if we don't have a proposal all prepared now, just to start getting support uh, for the broader issues, to address the systemic inequities, to talk about um, what we can do in criminal justice reform. As as a starting point, it was important to many of us to say we stand with you. We are uh, in support of your community and uh, waiting to hear from you as to next steps and how we can help. We're speaking with State Representative Ann Williams, a Democrat from Chicago's North Side. She is the sponsor of the Clean Energy Jobs Act, and we're going to talk about that and what it could mean in a post-COVID-19 economic environment. That's coming up, but first, time for a quick break. This is the Sunday Spin. (music) 
Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. And I'm joined on the phone by Democratic State Representative Ann Williams. She is the sponsor of the Clean Energy Jobs Act. All right, Representative Williams, we're going to talk about the Clean Energy Jobs Act. Um, but first of all... Uh, let's let's kind of lay out here what what is this legislation well the, the bill basically has four main pillars the first is to reach for a carbon free power sector by 2030 um, the next is to uh, eventually get to 100% renewable energy and our target date is 2050 we're looking to electrify illinois transportation sector so mass transit, fleet vehicles, et cetera. And then the thread kind of throughout uh, the initiative is to promote jobs and equity and economic opportunity, especially in communities of color and those that have been adversely impacted by pollution. So it's an expansive, it's an expansive bill. It is. And, and, um, but it, it's one where, you know, there seem to be a significant momentum going into this year because people have kind of hashed through a number of the issues and there seemed to be momentum to act. And then, of course, we had uh, the pandemic and that basically shut down much of the legislature's agenda this year. Uh, But uh, when it comes to helping uh, communities uh, that have suffered from economic inequality, how does this bill do that? Well, regardless of what we're striving to do in the bill, whether it's um, creating a development of renewable energy sources, wind and solar, or whether we're um, looking at um, transferring uh, a fleet, for example, to electric vehicles or mass transit, everything we're doing while keeping equity and economic opportunity in mind. So that means that communities that are losing jobs, and this even goes to downstate, sure. cold communities, for example, Communities where jobs are being lost, where opportunities have been lost, where they've uh, suffered under pollution, we have returning citizens. We're hoping to um, create the development there in the communities where there is the most need. And that's something that we heard from communities around the state when we went, uh, when we went around asking people, what do they want to see as we move forward with energy um, in Illinois? How do we, if we're starting from scratch, you know, we would build it differently. We're not exactly starting from scratch, but we are entering a new chapter in terms of energy procurement in Illinois, and we want to do it right. And that means we want it to be clean, and we want it to create jobs, and we want it to do so in a way that provides equity for all of our residents. So when we see sometimes uh, on, on political opponents talking about climate change, those kinds of things, and they point to, you know, the fanciful, fancifulness of a, of a Green New Deal, what's your response in, 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 in pitching this program? Well, I'd look back a couple of years to uh, the legislation we passed in 2016, right. the Future Energy Jobs Act, FEJA, always with the acronym. <laughs> but that, that actually was a real job creator. And um, we, were, we got up to, I think, third in the nation in terms of solar jobs. Um, 
development of new solar jobs under FESIA. But the programs ran out, the funding ran out, and here we are um, really in a place where if we don't take action, we're going to lose a lot of opportunities for investment. Companies want to invest in Illinois. Renewable companies want to locate here. There's an opportunity to move forward in a way that we uh, only contemplated a few years ago with FESIA. But we have to put the infrastructure in place to make that happen. And that's what we're striving to do here with the Clean Energy Jobs Act. So who pays for that infrastructure? Well, what we're doing in CJA is contemplating a change in how we uh, procure capacity. So you know how um, you pay for power, but you also pay for capacity, which means you pay for the amount of uh, energy that you need on the very hottest or the very coldest day. That traditionally runs through an auction. Uh, PJM is the auction. And uh, unfortunately, under uh, the Trump administration, not surprisingly, um, we are bailing out and paying for energy we don't need that is uh, procured by dirty fossil fuel plants. We are paying for energy we don't need. We're paying for dirty energy. We're proposing to have Illinois do its own capacity markets through the Illinois Power Agency. And that would enable us to prioritize the resources that we want to prioritize, renewables, wind, and solar, and not have to rely on dirty coal. You have talked in the past about, in regards to this bill, about how um, Illinois residents are, are facing what could be just an unprecedented increase in electricity bills due to uh, a regulatory decision by the Trump administration. Could you explain what, what that is, what, what you mean by that? Yes, there is a, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission has FERC. been There's in the process. F- FERC, of, you're, FERC. You, you like acronyms? FERC. Yes, FERC. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, FERC. So the FERC rule um, is in the process of being implemented, and that would um, provide preferential treatment to um, not just uh, the cheapest energy sources, but energy sources really are favored that are the fossil fuels, and that is by design. And you can opt out. And we would like to see Illinois opt out of that capacity market, again, being able to prioritize the uh, sources that we want to prioritize. And you referenced the um, the increase in costs. That was a big driver in terms of urgency for CJA um, over the past six months. But there's uh, an additional issue now that we're dealing with COVID and the economic crisis that came along with it. And that's, you know, the fact that we are going to need um, opportunities to restore and reinvest in our communities. And we think that CJA will provide exactly those sorts of opportunities and is a really great vehicle for uh, us to recover from COVID-19. We didn't anticipate that that's what we would be looking at. Nobody really did. But um, I think we're going to be seeing um, a new sense of urgency and I hope a new sense of momentum to move forward with CJA. So obviously, though, in, in the kind of conditions we're looking at, this would be a fall veto session type thing if we if we have that this year. Probably will be um, that. But I, again, I, I'd like to see it. And I think I'd like to see it sooner than later. There, the urgency of, uh, you know, the increased cost concern based on the FERC order that you referenced, um, the need for immediate um, uh economic investment sooner than later. Those are all very urgent items. But I think another piece that we haven't got into yet today is the health of the planet and its relationship with the health of the population. 
we were uh, seeing it already play out, the effects of climate change, both with historic lake levels in Illinois, uh, the Lake Michigan, the historic uh, unprecedented wildfires in Australia. We're already seeing um, the dire uh, consequences of climate change. Um, science is, uh, you know, really t- giving us a warning. Science warned us about the pandemic, and we didn't listen. Science is warning us now about the uh, damage and devastation that climate change will cause uh, to our planet. We need to start heeding those warning- warnings. You know, we there's no more time to wait around. And I think if we learn nothing from this, you know, it's that, you know, we really need to, to focus on listening to the scientists, listening to the data, um, and taking action based on that. So what is the, what is the sticking point here in, in advancing this legislation? It's a, it's a very expansive piece of legislation, and it's comprehensive, and that's important. I think when you look at energy bills in Springfield, uh, generally they uh, involve a lot of stakeholders. A lot of varied interests. But I think uh, when it comes to moving forward now, there is a new urgency and there's a lot of demand by um, residents of Illinois and, you know, those that are active on these issues and those that are just concerned about the future of our economy and of our planet that we need to take action um, on this now and we need to move forward with the clean energy. Um, I think this current crisis, uh, both with COVID and then the, um, the, obviously the unrest that we're dealing with. And those, those really kind of um, stir up a lot of um, concerns in people as to what we're looking at, what will our future hold. That's why this is such a, an opportune time to move forward with a big bill like this. So the obstacles in the past, probably it's a complicated issue. You've got to get everybody on board. Everyone's got a perspective. But I think people will start to come together and focus on you know, really what our priorities are. And making that happen is going to be work. But, you know, if we agree on the shared goal of moving forward in a clean, uh, green way in terms of energy, I think we can get there. I think, uh, Representative, we've all been doing a lot of introspection in these uh, last few months and particularly in these last few days. Democratic yeah. State Representative Ann Williams from Chicago's North Side, sponsor of the Clean Energy Jobs Act. Uh, Representative, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thanks so much for having me.